Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. What we don't know about death is far, far greater than what we do know. Thank you for joining us on the Janeway, the Voyager podcast, where my recently reanimated co-host, Liam Smart, and I, Suzanne Williamson, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favorite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. Before we get started with the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way, and also join our Facebook community for our listeners called The Nexus, where you can discuss this episode and episodes of all the other shows on Holosuite Media, including new episodes of Open Channel, our Star Trek community podcast. Suzanne, I'm not the only one that's been reanimated from this asteroid, am I? No, you are not. We have the venerable Bruce Gibson along with us. Yes, this is... The Bruce way. (laughs) (laughs) What does the Bruce way entail? What kind of decision or what kind of uh, stuff makes you get to the Bruce way? The the stuff that makes you to get to the Bruce way is to make positive decisions since I'm on positively track. See, that's my promotional Uh, element. I see what you did there. there. Very nice. Cross promotion. Mm -hmm, I like it. Yes. That's why I'm here on the show. So everybody can follow me on my other show. <laughs> no, I'm here because you guys are fun. I always like talking to you. It's usually by like, you know, text though, most of the time. Or tweets. Yeah. Messaging via Facebook Messenger has a very, very different way of communicating and over here. I'm sure we're gonna go into some realms of weirdness in this next hour. I cannot imagine. Oh, like we're not weird on Messenger. No. Oh no, we are weird on Messenger too, aren't we? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but Bruce Now, what is your overall opinion of Star Trek Voyager? I haven't really heard you talk too much about Voyager in the past because I've seen you on the Edges live shows and with um, the Unready Room uh, talking mostly about Discovery, etc. And we'll admit, don't have as much time to listen to Positively Trek as I like. So Shame on you. (laughs) I know, shame (laughs) on me. Send me to the next emanation. Oh, that's the first time it's been said. Um, (laughs) But yeah, what are your overall thoughts on Star Trek Voyager? Well, just so you know, I do love Star Trek Voyager. Uh, I don't rank series, but if I did, it probably would not be my number one series. But um, I guess the best way to describe Voyager for me is I watched it as soon as it premiered. I watched it every week when a new episode dropped. And... uh, I remember at the time I liked it, but I wanted it to be more bold. I wanted it to think do things more outside the box. I was hoping when they were going to the other side of the universe that there would be something really like more strangeness to us. And there was some of that to it. But I was hoping for it to be really, really different. 
but there were a lot of stories that reminded me of, oh, that was kind of reminded me of TNG. Oh, that one reminded me of this episode of DS9. And I was starting at times to feel like it was getting a little tired as I was watching it. And then it kind of got better again after a while. And so I, I enjoyed it. And plus, that's it kind of relates to how I met my wife because on our first date, which I never did before, I mentioned that I was a Star Trek fan. I never told anybody that, especially on their first date. And when I said it, she said, oh, I was watching it the other night uh, when I was babysitting. And what happened with Seven and Nine? Because I didn't see the end. And I was like, she asked me about Seven and Nine. Yes. And then (laughs) the rest is history. We got married. I mean, we didn't get married like that night or anything. Uh, Well, I would have done. (laughs) It took months. You find Jerry Ryan to officiate it. Oh, that would have been nice, wouldn't it? It's like, here's my friend Jerry Ryan. I do. (laughs) Married by a Borg. That would have been interesting, yeah. But yeah, I've I've liked Star Trek Voyager, and uh, I love the novels, especially by Kirsten Beyer, and we've had her on our shows. Oh, yes. um, That just makes me even appreciate it more. I feel like I've gotten to know the characters more and more, even through the books and comics. Yeah, I'm still halfway through full circle. It's only been months. You're on half circle. I want halves. <laughs> it should re- Kirsten Bar should rename it just semicircle or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today, listeners, we are looking at the third episode in a row, beginning with the letter E, Emanations. We've had Eye of the Needle and Ex Post Facto. Whoa. Yep, exactly, Suzanne. I know, it's a triple E. <laughs> That's way too much thought. Quick thoughts on the episode before we start. Suzanne, why don't you go for it? Emanations. What? Why did you make me watch this episode? <laughs> that bad? It's 46 minutes of my life. I am never getting back. But it's 46 glorious minutes of Harry Kim. Exactly. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's... Although there is a plus. Mm. There's a plus for this episode. There was no Neelix. I know. Oh, anyway. that's true. I mean, I season one Neelix is a bit of a pain in the butt. Yes, he is. Yes. What about you, Bruce? I didn't even notice there was no Neelix. Wow. You're right. There was none. You see, your heart rate was not like pounding because Neelix wasn't on the screen. Like, where's Neelix? Is he okay? Is he in the next emanation? No. But when I saw Kess, I should have thought, where's Neelix? Because he always shows up eventually when Kess is around. (laughs) He's like hovering with Kess on his leash. (laughs) I mean, this episode was. I don't want to know about their bedroom habits. Oh, we found that about like four episodes ago, didn't we? Wait, what happened four episodes ago? Uh, we blame Katwalski for making me think about Neelix and Kes boning in the mess hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, going back to this episode then. Um, <laughs> 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 I just, uh, oh, great. I can't get that image out of my head now. Um, this this episode was okay. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, it was very much a Star Trek type episode, but it was, didn't wow me or anything. It was one of those like in the middle of the road for me. I agree. IMDb rates it at 6.8 stars out of 10, which is, again, better than the last two episodes, Ex Post Facto in the Cloud. Again, people are wrong. We are right. It's not as good as the Cloud. And the synopsis it provides is, when the crew finds a mysterious alien burial ground within an asteroid, an unknown phenomenon that teleports the bodies suddenly transports Kim to another planet where an alien race believes he is being from the afterlife. So that pretty much sums up the whole entire episode. For me, the episode... I've always found it a little bit boring. I try and look at it in a more philosophical sense, but 
it's yeah kind of boring to me as a, as a whole I, I just thought the aliens weren't that interesting to me not the, just i don't know there was something about them they weren't the characters themselves not the aliens but the mm-hmm. alien characters i just didn't connect with yeah they're all pretty like eh. yeah the wife Oh my gosh, she was just so ready to knock her husband off. I think she was getting insurance money out of it or something. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the whole thing. The whole point The whole point of this show or this episode is nothing to do with euthanasia. It's about how to commit some kind of insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. It is. Exactly. I think Dr. Naraya is the insurance agent. <laughs> yes, actually that's true. Well, I was just disappointed we didn't get to learn anything about them other than the next animation type thing. We didn't see any part of their planet, just inside this room. Mm-hmm. That was it. We didn't even see the outside of their planet either. Is in like from no. space, because that wasn't even their planet that the rings are around. And I'd just like to point out that I tallied the amount of times they said emanation in this episode. <laughs> and on average, we heard the word emanation every 3.7 minutes. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. That was my favorite mm-hmm. part of the episode was them saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many different times can we say this in one episode? Yeah, so it, it reminds me of that other episode that it's a Chakotay said episode where instead of saying afterlife they say emanations. In the Chakotay episode they said things like the upside down or something when they were like dying, have to turn them face Chakotay down. Chakotay was in Stranger Things. <laughs> That's no, what I was thinking. No, not no, no. It's the one where I don't remember that. (laughs) Chakoti was in Stranger Things, and he goes seven, and she says, "No, I'm 11 (laughs) Right? (laughs) And he's like, "Eleven of what?" And she says, "It's just (laughs) eleven, not eleven of anything." I mean, Chakoti probably has as many lines in Stranger Things as he does in the latest seasons of Voyager as well. So that's true. So, shall we get into emanations? You you mean we're going to watch it May again? Well. No, 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 no. <laughs> God, no, please, no. Gonna- <laughs> Just for Suzanne. 2020 is bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we open the episode with the captain's log around what's basically Saturn in the Delta Quadrant. Um, they're excited about finding the 247th element. Of course, you have to get that stupid sneaky number 47 in there. Yes. So, but Balana and Janeway are especially excited over it because we know that they're the resident science nerds, the science nerds. And Balana's basically wanted to unleash her inner David Attenborough and see the element in its natural habitat. <laughs> and yeah, Janeway obviously agrees. Janeway decides to go down on that planet, try and get some of whatever element that does. It does some science things like sending casing directly into a star or something. But no, they could create so many different new things with it. And I was like, that's how they're going to get more photon torpedoes. They should have just said, they should have actually just taken some of that element 247 at the end of the And shuttlecrafts, they can build more shuttlecrafts with it. Have we just headcanoned Voyager's issues all in like three minutes? Ooh, that could be Yes, they use dead people to make all those new things. <laughs> They're flying inside dead people. Oh. Ugh. No. No. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> this would have been a great scene to enter Neelix into because as they're talking about this new element and all these great things they could do, he could run onto the bridge and say, And I can make the best souffle using that element. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
biopolymer residue souffle. <laughs> oh, oh, that's just so gross. <laughs> what would it look like? Would it be like peeling as well? It would it'd be like cotton candy. No, that would be Linus's face that's peeling. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of peeling in Star Trek lately. Mm, that's the secret ingredient of saurian brandy. Linus's face skin. Yum. It's like a tequila worm. Oh, oh no, I forgot that's a thing as well. Oh, I always found that so disgusting when he had worms. Ooh, gross. So Chakotay decides to invite Kim down on the away mission. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't seen it at this point, this episode is clearly a Harry Kim-centric episode. And uh, Kim was pretty much like, oh, my God, yes, Captain. And um, yes, First Officer, I'll gladly come on this away mission with you. He looks so eager to get out of that ship. And we all know what happens when somebody tries to get out of that ship. Something dangerous happens. And then we pop down to the caves, which I really, at the beginning of it, I wished it turned into some kind of horror Halloween episode. Because like all the spider webs or what we thought were spider webs in the cave would have looked so cool. If it were a Halloween episode. And the naked dead people didn't hurt either. No, exactly. I mean, <laughs> this was one I've written down and I'm like, oh, they crawl through and I honestly want some kind of huge space monster to come out. But no, better yet, we get <laughs> corpses, dead people. And imagine if they like got up and like started doing Thriller. Oh, that would have been so good. <laughs> one can dream. <laughs> I think Michael Jackson was available then. He could have shown up and done thriller for it i used to know that dance i did Can you do too. it right now oh my gosh suzanne <laughs> i would do it with you go on then that would be awesome let me just screen record <laughs> <laughs> i suppose you'll be very disappointed to know it still has not happened and i'm sitting here now waiting for this to happen and well it's hard to do it on zoom in different rooms and stuff yeah. and we don't have the music or anything you know oh i'll find you the music of- Trains and cars behind me, I would fall and break and break something. <laughs> It'll be a future thing. When Suzanne and I see each other sometime at Dragon Con, we'll do it. Yes. Please record it for me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll send a Snapchat back of me doing it in Adelaide. <laughs> uh, so these corpses are enshrouded in that weird spiderwebby looking stuff, um, which is kind of like mummified people in a way, which is, again, kind of creepy. Yeah. I, I thought it was funny, though, when Chicote ran into the spiderwebby stuff. You're in a cave. Don't you typically have, like, spiderwebs and things? Like, and he, like, runs into yes. it and he's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Needed some of that Mortine bug spray. <laughs> go to the credits, and after the credits, uh, we go back to those caves, and Chicote realizes that it's a burial ground for people. It's mm-hmm. like, after seeing the dead bodies, you'd have thought that was the case instead of some kind of murder scene, but anyway. <laughs> and the element 247 is actually the rotting corpses of these people. Well, you know, the, they don't need their bodies anymore. If you want the element, go ahead and you know, just take some. Yeah. They're not going to care. They're not going to know. Bruce is horrified at no. us right now. <laughs> I'm trying to comprehend. Yeah, so Harry Kim wants to stay on the planet because he, I mean, thinks it's a great way to learn from people. But Chakotay's like, nah, nah, we need to go because, you know, it's it's potentially, what's the word, desecrating a burial site of cultural significance. Mm-hmm. Which, do you know, which is quite enlightened from Chicote. I don't know whether that's because um, supposedly his heritage, which we all know is botched by that random 
con artist guy, but Ugh, yeah. But let's just we'll skip over that and just think of it with best intentions. Well, I th- I think of it because of his archaeology background. Did we know at that point he had an archaeology background? He he talked about it a little, didn't he? Oh, I suppose he yeah he did. He he went through a whole different ways. Yeah. That's a little bit later on in the episode. Yeah, agreed. Well, he's a spiritual guy, so they mentioned something with a passive scan on the tricorder. Aren't all scans on the tricorder passive? <laughs> I don't remember things shooting out of the tricorder as people are taking readings. It's like knives. That's <laughs> what a medical tricorder is. Literal knives. <laughs> They didn't have the production budget to make it with things shooting out. So you just have to pretend it shoots things out unless they tell you it's a passive scan. (laughs) It's a passive scan. You're not going to feel anything. I didn't even, I don't know. I didn't even click that that doesn't make sense when I was watching it. I did not even click. Well, when Chakotay told them to put their tricorders away and just look with their eyes, I'm like, what I, no. Passively scan with Is, your eyes. Weren't you doing that to begin with? And Bolana's line of no artifacts, no inscription, just some naked dead people. <laughs> <laughs> I think Chicote just has a way with words. That's how he got seven. Is he said, "I don't want to scan you. I just want to look at you with my eyes." <laughs> Chakotay and Seven. <laughs> he never won Janeway over with those words, though. I think that's because Janeway's more eloquently spoken. No, he won her over with, I'll introduce you to your animal guide. Oh, yes. And she said, <laughs> Look at the monkey. <laughs> He's like, I'm not interested in you I'll anymore. I'll build you a bathtub. <laughs> and all you want is this wild monkey. My gosh, Janeway. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> so Janeway agreeing with Chakotay that they should leave that place. That's the right thing to do. It's the Starfleet thing to do. Um, yes. Not wanting to desecrate yeah. a burial ground or affect the culture in some way. Because you never know. They, the alien people could have turned up and deposited bodies there. They, they didn't know what was going mm-hmm. on at that particular point in time. Oh, I did write down here, actually. Um The ideas of an afterlife or the cultural significance of an afterlife, just from observing what people do is a death ritual, i.e. just either burying people or mummifying them, etc. Like mm-hmm. that, that, as you say, does show his archaeological sense. But it's also, I've never thought of it like that. It's in, oh, this people have no significant, like no inscriptions, no nothing buried with them means that there's no like, concept of wealth in the afterlife, etc. Like mm-hmm. I guess the Egyptians had. I thought that was like a good little addition to the show and I guess it wanted to try and flesh out the characters themselves a little bit more in terms of what they know because we are only the seventh or something episode into Voyager. Yeah, give a little more info to Chakotay's background and him desecrating a burial site. You know, you you mentioned about being the seventh episode and that's one thing I picked up on this and I've picked up on other episodes in the first season just how well this cast performs together as if they've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, because I can watch like a first season of TNG and just the characters and the cast, the way they are together, just doesn't feel the same as later seasons. But this feels like a seventh season. This is the way the cast has figured out their characters and how they relate to each other from the first season on. It doesn't feel like anything's forced. I'd actually agree with that. Yeah, because... The interactions, like I said last week or last episode, about the Doctor and Kess and how that's the most organic relationship, I think, on the ship at this point in time. 
but you're right, the way they act on the bridge, the way Balana acts with Harry and Chicote in the caves and how calm Chicote is, all the actors have done a really good job of inhabiting their characters, even though they're only mm-hmm. this far into the show. So, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, especially for the seventh episode. I mean, to me, you could drop this into any season and you wouldn't know the difference. Except, Except for the hair pieces. The hair pieces. And then if you dropped it into <laughs> later seasons, you'd be like, why is Kess back? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so some crazy space things happen. We see Seska uh, having trouble beaming Chakotay, Balana, and Kim back. Since when is Seska running the transporters? I think they were just trying to <laughs> install her into the show. <laughs> Whose decision was that? <laughs> They're like, shit, we need to put her in for what's happening and how she becomes a Kazon collaborator. Quick, put her in. Put her it, in anywhere. It was either her or Neelix. Obviously, she didn't know what she was doing because Janeway had to keep telling her what to do. <laughs> wasn't she? She was in engineering a couple of episodes ago, wasn't she? Yeah. Or in the blue uniform. Was someone sick and she was filling in? Maybe maybe they were supposed to have Chief O'Brien on the show and he came from the next emanation onto Voyager. He was too busy posing for a statue. <laughs> for a <for> 30-something <laughs> <something> century. <laughs> I wonder about Seska, what her background is I mean I know she's a Cardassian spy and all that, but mm-hmm. what is the background she told the others? You know, oh I came I'm from Bajor and I did X Y and Z before I joined the Maquis. Did we ever find that out? Because I'm just wondering if she ever said like she served, mm-hmm. you know, in the military with Bajor or something. I'm just curious. No. I don't know. I don't, think, no, she ever I don't think we ever found any of that out. Do you want to quick and make a quick backstory for her, Bruce? Uh, I don't know. She was a teacher of uh, transporter technology at a Bajoran university. There we go. And then she joined the Marquis. She's a really bad teacher. <laughs> well, that's just her story. It's not real. That's what she, she tells okay. people. And Janeway you. says, I want you to go run the transporter. And she's like, oh, shit. I've never done this before. <laughs> <laughs> My degree in transporter technology is fake. <laughs> It's a fake. <laughs> I got it from Trump University. <laughs> On Bayshore. That's still around? <laughs> On Bayshore, yeah. <laughs> the Ferengi brought it there. <laughs> oh. yes. Actually, if there's anyone that the Trump University and the Trump businesses would deal with, it would be those from Ferenginar and the Grand Nagus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe Trump is the Grand Nagus and we don't realize it. Oh, God, where, where are we? I'm just picturing the Grand Nagus is Trump, just, you know, several hundred <laughs> years old. <laughs> and just going, quack! Quack! <laughs> oh, God. At nighttime, when my voice is starting to disappear, I can do a pretty good Grand Nagus sec. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll wait, you know. We'll do it later tonight. <laughs> you got nine hours to wait. That's, That's fine. My, Zach, uh, my okay. inner Zek. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed. I'll wake up and hear it. <laughs> uh, so we had then, after this scene, we have a really hard cut to the planet. And I was like really put off. I'm like, whoa, we're on the planet now. Where we find the guy with the world's biggest hat performing a funeral. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, you know, knocking is coming from the cenotaph, and it turns out to be Harry Kim. Oh, there we go. Clearly his hat was no larger than any of Guinan's. 
<laughs> no, 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 no. His hat, he's got the largest vertical hat. And Guinan is the largest okay, horizontal Okay, you're talking hat. just general vertical hat. Guinan's are, yes, horizontal, yeah. giant saucer-like things. So, if, yeah, they could, like, combine both of those hats together. And it will be, like, the world's biggest <laughs> headpiece. Uh, so we cut to some randoms, whereby they're talking was basically euthanasia. Um, I don't even remember the names. They're saying that the last gift to my family and my children is me dying. Mm. And... Which kind of sad, and at this point you're looking at the episode thinking, my gosh, this is going to be a euthanasia analogy or metaphor or whatever. Well, his name called. was Hetiel. Was it a Hetiel? Yeah, I remember Hetiel. that. Maybe he it's should have been wearing Hetiel. the hat. And I feel he was being pushed into this by his greedy wife who just wanted insurance money. I think, yeah. Because all that seemed to be wrong with him was a bum leg. <laughs> I know. Isn't that weird? He's a burden because he has a little limp. <laughs> He doesn't even need a walking stick or no. a frame to help him. No, he's got some sort of Forrest Gump thing going on around his hip a there. Forrest Gump? <laughs> you know, when Forrest was a little boy and he had those those things on his legs. Oh, did he? That's what he's got going on. Well, and Forrest Gump would have been sent out like this because he's a burden on his family too, I guess. I, I don't know. It's yeah. so ridiculous. But yeah. this is the culture. And by the way, I think the hat's big because their foreheads are big, too. So that has something to do with it. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I don't understand. And, of course, you know, Harry talks to him about it, you know, and Harry's even like, this is ridiculous. You know, your family decided you should die because you're a burden because you can't walk much. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, the, and he should have been like, oh, they want to travel the world on vacations and I'm just slowing them down. So they're getting rid of me. <laughs> it's like they want to walk at 10 kilometers an hour, but I can only walk at four. <laughs> right. And then we don't even get to see half the things they want to see because I'm just slowing them down. And I can't drive because my car's a manual and we can't afford an automatic. <laughs> so Harry <laughs> Harry gets brought in to see uh, this guy. And they're like, oh, no, they're from the next emanation. And he explains basically that, no, I saw dead bodies. And he, like, instantly destroys that man's whole entire beliefs for his whole entire right. life. Right. Now, come on. Just you had to be thinking what she's I'm thinking. I'm like, come on, Harry. Did you not go through the academy? Mm-hmm. Like your first contact protocols. Right. Hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like what the heck? He's ruining the society. Yeah. And he, he then like says early, later on in the episode, he's like, oh, this is a first contact situation. I don't think I should tell you what's going on. It's like too fucking late, mate. <laughs> You've just, you destroyed the whole entire culture. Yep. And, and his punishment is he has to stay ensign for at least seven years. Uh-huh, that's it. That's why he was an ensign for seven years. Mm-hmm. Hopefully longer. <laughs> Not in the novels. Yeah, I know. I, re- I would love him to show up in Picard or Lower Decks as an ensign still. I just think... That would be amazing. <laughs> I, got, I got promoted Especially to... Especially Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah. He could get promoted to, like, you know, commander, but then get demoted again in, like, a week. Back to Ensign. <laughs> right the way back to Ensign. Because he destroyed another person's culture. Listeners, this is when Suzanne realized that she stopped recording her program and we had to now rely on the Zoom recording session to actually finish the podcast. So we apologize if the quality goes down a little bit. One thing I wanted to point out is they were talking about gorilla trees. It's like, oh, 
after all of this, please tell your father that the gorilla trees are growing really well this year. It's like, that's the thing you're going to say, the last thing you say to your dying husband that you're basically killing. Oh, yeah, but she she's never had gorilla trees. Yeah, she doesn't love them. It's just goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> your gorilla trees are worth a lot of money. So Do They grow real gorillas. I mean, anything can happen on Venari or whatever this planet is called. We don't even know if it's a planet. It could be another dimension. They seem to be fixated on that in this episode. Yeah, and we never found out, which is annoying. Is it annoying, though? Or do you think yes. it's sort of like good that we don't know because we don't know what happens in death? Therefore, we don't know whether that place is real or... Well, it's what if real. they were just a star system away and... Well, when I say real, I mean another dimension or something. Third universe or whatever. Well, I guess it's not necessary that we know, right? But we can speculate. I'm going to say that this was the mirror universe. Ah. On the other side of the universe where it's, they're not part of the the empire. It's the mirror mirror universe. (laughs) Georgia, Georgia is a descendant of these people. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least she doesn't have that many nostrils. Well, she had plastic surgery and, and you know, oh. just, that's, just yeah. Smoothed them out, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That happens a lot in Star Trek, I think, doesn't it? Aliens pretending to be other aliens. <laughs> yes, it does. It's like a big Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to sick bay. And this is where they've basically revived this poor woman who was dead. Now, who's got the right to do that? They've obviously realised that this is like a burial ground place and that they've Mm -hmm. sent them there through some subspace vacuole thing. Yet they decide, oh, do you know what? We're going to play God and we're going to wake them up. And cure their disease. I mean, yeah, this is simple disease for them to cure. But, like, is it the right thing to do? Like, they're dead. They've come to terms with the fact that they're dying through whatever means they die in and i don't know i just don't think that's the right thing to do to make them alive playing frankenstein again first contact protocols out the window (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i would say it's probably not the right way because yeah but but wasn't she detected as still being somewhat alive, right? Yeah, like some kind of electrochemistry going on in her brain. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for all they know, she was a criminal sentenced to death mm-hmm. or something. Or she's got some weird disease and they have to do the, uh, you know, they don't know the situation, I guess. But they know that she's in this rap because she's supposed to be dead or dying. She could have brought COVID onto the ship, Bruce. Like, she could have. I don't know. You just don't know. Everybody quarantined for two weeks. And then the doctor gave her the vaccine and she's like, I don't know if I can trust it. You didn't ask me. (laughs) Wear a mask. But then, yeah. And then, you know, and then she wakes up and she looks up and there's the doctor and Jane went, hi, hi, hi. (laughs) And I'm like, well, the universal translator hasn't had time to work to, you know, I wish they would have filmed that scene when the shot was looking up at them that you heard Mm. garbledy goop like from her perspective, like she doesn't know what they're saying before the universal translator kicks in. Yeah, they because you need, you need the, alien speak for that. Right. Don't you? The way that it was situated, it was very alien abduction. Yeah. They're hovering over her. 
that's not the way you wake Don't mind this up. probe inside you. <laughs> you're, you're right. It's, it, it's creepy. It's imagine waking up to the doctor going, hello, and Janeway going, everything's all right. Everything is okay. And they're holding her down. That's also mm. a big no-no. It's like you don't want somebody to freak out. Don't hold them down. I think my favorite line came in this particular scene from the doctor where he goes, ah, essentially strolling through dead bodies. <laughs> look on Chakotay's face when he said that, though. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most delightful Sunday strolls mm. through a field of dead bodies. Oh, and just how much, whatever her name is, Patera? Yeah, Patera. How much she panics when she wakes up. Like, wouldn't you panic? And they're like, no. Yeah. Don't panic. It's like, well, of course you bloody well panic. You, you just thought you'd died. You've woken up in this strange starship. Mm-hmm. And Jane May's like, Ugh, no, let me explain. No, Jane May. You should just sedate her, like, straight away. Or you shouldn't have even bloody woken her up. Yeah, Jane May's essentially, you were dying. You were practically dead. But then I decided you should live. I make the decisions here, not you. We are the US Captain Catherine Janeway, the Federation <laughs> Starship Voyager. Do not question me. Your problems are now my problems, even if you don't want them to be solved. <laughs> uh, back down on the planet, uh, we find out how the death machine works yeah, through the whole spatial rupture thing and it kills you. I wrote down the, the doctor. I thought that he was probably the best of the guest stars in this episode because, yes. I don't know, I, I found him the most believable. I also then found out that he also played Mark Twain in Time's Arrow. In oh, that's right. It is him. Really? Yes. Yeah, it's the same guy. Oh, I knew I recognised him. I just, yeah, that's it. I put the mesh on him, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I have to picture him with the moustache. So you have to you have to do the impression of him. Yes. So it is it that the forehead. is it that Mark Twain like went to the this other dimension and became this doctor? Yeah, this <laughs> is the new emanation for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the one who brought to the culture the big hat because he learned it from Guinan. <gasps> it all links oh, up, so Bruce. Yes, he showed up. He's like, I saw a woman with a big hat. And I think <laughs> you guys should wear them too. <laughs> I remember if it was sideways or upways. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just Us. make it big. <laughs> Where is that data? <laughs> oh. Shit. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm having a hot flash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, wow. <laughs> I didn't come um, into this expecting to do Mark Twain. <laughs> I'm so glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, half the time we do not know what's going to happen when we start recording, hey, Suzanne? Never. Never know. Uh, so we get some more destruction of culture by Harry Kim until he realizes, yeah, that he should stop. Well done, Harry, just for mouth failing at life. <laughs> just, just stop your verbal diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stay away from my husband. Back on Voyager, uh, we find some science happening. We're trying to find Harry. Found out that there's two hundred thousand bodies on this asteroid field, or this nice. uh, rings of 
the planet. Patera tries to explain what's happening, and she just wants answers to all the death questions, as nothing is what they said. It's like, well, nobody knows. Like, why are you asking all these questions? You're clearly alive still. This is very reminiscent of uh, an episode that's going to happen later with Neelix. Mortal Coil. And, and the tree thing. Nobody was at the tree. In terms of, like, death and that, do you think this episode was done better or Mortal Coil? That's a trick question. <laughs> it is. Because it's either a Harry episode or a Neelix episode. I'm going to go Neelix. You're going to go for Mortal Coil? Wow. Yeah. Actually, I agree. that's probably the most mature display, that and Jatrell. While they're having a talk, uh, the ship goes bang, and we're back to the creepiness as a dead body turns up in engineering. Which is what Alana I wanted sees this dead people. <laughs> that's all I wanted for the whole entire thing is just dead people popping up throughout the ship. Sorry. Why are they so attracted to the warp core, though? Because um, it tickles. Plot. <laughs> plot. That's it. That is the right answer. <laughs> it tickles the dead people to be. Mm, no, that's going to say something bad there. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if they like. I wish that they merged this episode with Twisted. You know where they're just walking all around the ship. So they're walking Which around the ship speaking gibberish. Yeah, that one. But dead bodies show up during Twisted. Just in the middle of nowhere. That's interesting. I, I like that idea of merging two episodes into one. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Back to the people. We have Hatil saying that he's not ready. And his wife, yeah, this is that bad scene with the wife going, <laughs> nah, you're fucking going in that death chamber whether you like it or not. I want my money. <laughs> <laughs> It's like emotionally manipulating him. It's like, oh, come on, yeah. you just your legs, your legs broken, mate. You might as well just go to the next emanation. Don't forget the gorilla trees. This is where they start talking about death being another ex- another stage of existence, which is what they. Can believe. I go back for a second? Rewind. Yes. Why did his wife show up? She already said her goodbye. Why'd she come back? Oh yeah. Because uh, she wanted one more look at Harry. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, I've said Strange alien with two nostrils. How do you even <laughs> breathe? <laughs> <laughs> You've only taken half the air. That's a good point, though. Why did she come back? I don't know. I didn't understand. I was like, you said your goodbye. But yeah, this is where we find out death is another stage of existence, which I thought was a kind of awesome line because, as I say, nobody knows what happens after death, so you could exist in a different form of energy, and that's what they believe. Mm -hmm. But they also believe that they take their whole body with them. (laughs) Oh, that's what Patera said later on in the episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Entire naked body. Yeah, you have two arms and two legs, four nostrils. Or in Hitchfield's case... A leg and a half. <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> He's like, I, I thought in the afterlife it would be like a box of chocolates. <laughs> Instead of the weird bioweb things, they get shrouded in chocolate instead. Mm, I'd love Ooh. that. I'll show up for that one. <laughs> By the way, Happy New Year, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> happy New Year. 2021. 
Or is this just 2020, the second coming? Uh, it feels the same. It does, yes. It does. <laughs> so on the ship, bodies are now dropping all over the place. Uh, Janeway realizes it's the warp core, so, you know, they try and get out of there. Meanwhile, Kess is on a lunch date with Patera. What and... were they eating? Uh, I don't know. It was that souffle. <laughs> But there was like liquid in a glass under it. I'm like, what is that? Do you drink that? It was very odd. What do you think mm. it was, Bruce? Uh, it's a, uh, it's this weird soup. Well, actually, you're supposed to stir it, and it's all like one form. But they let it settle because they were talking too long, mm. which means they have to stir it again for it to all form correctly, and then eat it like it's pudding. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> with 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 coo it. that'd be better than spinach juice with a touch of pear oh god that was that's also bad isn't it or better than some of the other things we've said in previous episodes suzanne yeah i feel like we come up with all sorts of gross foods that souffle took the biscuit earlier (laughs) so we then go to a meeting Uh, they science thing again and they find a way to send patera back and potentially getting harry kim through and uh janeway decides that that was something that they got to try and do because you want to save Harry and get rid of this woman that's clearly not someone she wants to deal with. Clearly. So they try sending her through the transporter and it fails and they end up bringing her back with the, you know, cocoon thing around her. Well, it failed because Seska was working the controls again. Right. She's covering and up her backstory. didn't know what she was doing. Exactly. <laughs> They thought she was an expert at transporters, but that was just her made-up backstory. And she killed the poor woman. Why didn't they try and bring her back this time? Uh, because they were no longer interested in her. They were bored with her, and they move were ready on. to move on. They wanted Harry back. It's like they made such a big deal out of reviving her the first time, and then the second time they're like, eh, you know, whatever. She's dead. <laughs> so you got you got to decide. asteroid. Just <laughs> her off the ship. Don't even transport her. Just throw her out the airlock. So you've got to decide, though, doing the plan, is that the right thing to do or the wrong thing? I think it's the wrong thing. That's what I think, too. Why is that? I don't really think the plan really makes much sense. No. I mean, they, they're going to beam her through the thing and beam Harry back through. Like, why do they even have to send her through it to beam what... To, I don't know. I don't really get it. I don't remember. They, what they, good point. they need her body to open it up so they can get through the their beam to get hairy or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. They could have put a rock through it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense. It was, they did not need her physical body to go through the vacuole. Yes, the vacuole. I was trying to remember what they called it. Yeah. Why did they need to send her through? Maybe they tried it the first time and it worked and they sent Neelix through. That's why I don't see him in the episode. (laughs) He's wandering around that planet looking for Harry. (laughs) Do you think maybe this is the Janeway decision instead then, that she realized that it probably wouldn't work, but she's like, yeah, let's just get her off the ship. (laughs) Potentially. Wow. I just feel like a Jamie because in a way, because she's also telling this woman that you may not survive it. And she's like, that's okay. And she's like, okay. Like she doesn't really try to talk her out. <laughs> <Okey of it. laughs> but they're so Here, used to this. being told that they've got to die, haven't they? 
She was probably like convinced to die by her partner as well. Well, because for all we know, Janeway is literally sitting back after a while. Like maybe we shouldn't have tried to revive her. Maybe we should. She was supposed to be dead. We should have maybe let her stay dead. And so the risk may be worth it. If she doesn't survive, well, that's where she was supposed to be anyway. Until I screwed it all up. What's the quickest way I can kill her? Seska in control of transporters. That's the quickest way. She's like, I tried to kill her once before, but, but Neelix food didn't work. She survived it. So Cass, you got to help me out on this other one. <laughs> Back on the planet, uh, that doctor wants to do a study on Kim. Take him somewhere <laughs> for his own safety because Harry's now Love destroyed rap. literally the whole planet. Literally everyone knows about him. And uh, this is where we see Hatil put on that hideous shroud thing around his body. I have a question about the shroud. So do I. If everybody shows up on the asteroid naked, how did the shroud stay behind? How does it come right. off of them? Because it's all wrapped around them. That helps. I don't get it. Maybe it yeah, disintegrates. No, because that's been in his family for five generations. Yeah, his dad died in that. So, uh, <laughs> well, how'd he get it from his that? dad, right? Yeah. That's what I want to know. Well, see, okay, I did, when I watched I assumed that, I was like, wait, how did he get it from his dad if his dad went off in that? Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, well, maybe it's, they have like a whole bundle of them. And it's, this is just like his dad didn't use it all. And he's using the rest. And it just takes them from the roll. It's like toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all using the same roll of toilet paper. It's an industrial sized shroud paper roll. <laughs> but then how did uh, Patera, was she wearing that shroud stuff or was she naked? Or, no, she and was in clothes. She was, and she was wearing blue clothes. I thought she was naked. But when she was in this in sick bay, she had clothes on when they were working on her. Did they dress her? <laughs> like she was where I'm oh no, wait, maybe she no, I think she was covered with a blanket. I'm looking now. I think she yeah, I think she's covered with a little blankie. It's Linus's blanket. <laughs> but it looks like the same color and everything as what she was walking around in earlier. I I don't know. Anyway, we're not supposed to think this hard. <laughs> because the writers didn't, so. <laughs> Can you imagine being the person on the ship that's like, oh, you finally got a use for my job, which is clothing dead bodies. That's like literally the only job in that ship. Undertaker. <laughs> Voyager's Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they hatch a plan to send Harry back and keep this other guy alive because Harry's going to, you know, he thinks that this guy doesn't want to die. And he wants to go to the mountains. Yes. Who what doesn't? I don't understand is how Patera, not Patera, sorry, how the wife, Araya or whatever her name is, did not realise that her husband gained like 20 kilograms. <laughs> I know, because he was a very thin gentleman. He was. And not really the same height as Harry. No, and Harry's got a little bit more muscle on him. Yeah, he has the shoulders. So mm -hmm. even wrapped in the shroud, it's like he's wearing shoulder pads. And I thought Harry's arms are twice the size. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. I watched it, but my head cannon. She asked him, "Why do you look bigger?" And he's like, mm. "And she goes, oh, you double wrapped yourself.' Okay, <laughs> use the two ply shroud. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's more absorbent." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
<laughs> I think you just named the episode there. <laughs> <laughs> when the death pod closes its thing, Harry takes off his mask and he has those like red tubules going inside his neck to kill him. They're sort of like, zap, and he dies. But didn't they earlier in the episode say that the subspace vacuole kills them? They're killing them before they go into the vacuole. No, the egg thing kills them and then the vacuole whisks them away. Oh, is that right? So, yeah, Harry dies and then on the ship, Bologna recommends that they leave because the warp core is probably going to explode from all these dead bodies being attracted to it. And Janeway decides that, you know what, they probably have to leave and they start leaving until... Harry turns up on deck 12. Right. So it's the wrong way because they didn't get out quick enough for Harry to return. <laughs> sure. No. It's right because Harry's back. That's the good thing. And this is Harry's first death. It is yes. Harry's first death, yeah. yeah. We didn't see a naked Harry Kim. Thankfully. That's something, that's something that they should have provided. Harry Kim in his, like, spiderweb outfit. But would he have produced the spider webs? Oh, no, he wouldn't, would he? No, no. he wouldn't. Naked Harry. He just turned up on deck 12, <laughs> legs splayed open. And someone's like, oh, oh, it's Harry. Imagine somebody just walking by, they're like, oh, Harry. <laughs> Don't go drink with Tom anymore. To Come on now. <laughs> Things you see on deck 12 stay on deck 12. <laughs> That's it's what just... the haunting of deck 12 is. <laughs> He's discovered by, what are they, the Delaney sisters or whatever? They're both arguing over him now. <laughs> no, you date him. No, you date him. <laughs> it's like, well, we can't both not date him. Yes, we can. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Harry's then revived in sick bay. Um, and then we end the show in the mess hall with quite possibly one of the best scenes in Voyager, actually. I think. That's a very good scene. Yeah, best scene in this episode for sure, right? Definitely in this episode. And I would argue top 20 Voyager scenes. Not not necessarily top 10. It's definitely not top 10 worthy. Janeway's speech talks about how she wants him to reflect on what's happened. You know, and to stay off the bridge. To... <laughs> Basically, yes, you don't want any dead people on the bridge, Harry. She wants him to paint his experience. As well, which I thought was strange. Get Take some an time. Easel. Maybe do a chalk drawing. <laughs> a live drawing of yourself dead naked on deck 12. The way she handles this, Harry's first death as opposed to Harry's other death, <laughs> it's like a 180 where she's like very, you know, comforting. The next time she's like, eh, Starfleet officers, weirdest part of the job. And she's like, pretty much suck it up and move on. <laughs> well, you get oh. one death pass, and here I use it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you died. You've died already, Henson. I stop hogging the death. It's some for someone else to die and come back to life. That's what she. Yeah, it's Janeway's turn. Yeah, when was the last time she hasn't died yet? Has she? So uh, she died on the planet. Remember with the big boom, and then oh, they reversed that's it. That's right. Yeah, we only got to episode <laughs> three, and she died. So Kimway, Kimway. <laughs> <laughs> It is the Kim it's the way. New ship. <laughs> uh, so Kim's worried about the fact that they just die and it's perplexing him. And Janeway says that it's not necessarily the case because they connect, found lots of neural energy 
that mm -hmm. leaves the bodies when they were deposited on the ship. And it's the same neural energy that's hanging around the planet, leaving it wide open that perhaps they have moved on to the next emanation. That's the end of the episode. Bruce, what do you think of emanations? Yeah. Like, do you actually think it's an all right episode or after going through it? Yeah, I think it's all right. Like I said, I mean, the aliens weren't all that interesting to me, the characters of them. But, I mean, it's just an interesting thought to think about, you know, death and the afterlife. I mean, that's really what it's talking about. It's almost like, is there a heaven or not? And and uh, I don't know if the crew handled this correctly or not. I mean, they're trying to get Kim back. So... I just think they would have spent more time figuring out where he went and how he got there than worrying about somebody who was supposed to be dead and trying to revive her and give her pudding. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, middle of the road episode. It was okay. It's, it's an episode that could be shoved into TNG and do the exact same thing. Yes. Yeah. Suzanne? Yeah, it's a hairy episode. So you um, still have the same opinion as the beginning yeah. of the episode. Yeah. 46 minutes of your life wasted. Yeah. And my recording stopped at 32 minutes. Sorry. I just saw that. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's fun to edit. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, good job. I actually recorded the Zoom. <laughs> Well, that's, that's quite fortuitous. That's, that's why Suzanne's like, I'm just shutting mine off right now. <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, shit, I'm gonna have a lot of fun editing this. Just put it out raw. <laughs> I might have to. Everybody would enjoy all this mess. <laughs> <laughs> My random coughing fits, it's all good. I'm asthmatic, I can't help it. <laughs> oh well. So do you know what, Suzanne? We have a problem. I do. Mm-hmm. Is it the same problem we had with a previous guest? No, it's not the same problem. Uh, what? We've problem. got the problem whereby we've now had three episodes in a row that we've decided <gasps> that she's done things in the right way. What? Oh, wow. Three episodes it's, in a row. It's weird. It's very weird. She's getting better at her job, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Like, what episode's next? Is it State of Flux? Fairly sure there's going to be some wrong ways coming up soon and some Jane ways. Oh, no. It's Prime Factors. Oh, Creepy dude. Mm. Creepy dude. Lovely. So, yeah, so Janeway's done this episode the right way. I've marked down four things that she's done in the right way and only one thing for both wrong way and Janeway. Wow. So there we have it. The three E's mean that she's done things the right way. Are there any more E episodes? No, Equinox. <laughs> no, nope. oh. it's not going to be a trend. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, Bruce, thank you for coming on to the Janeway with us. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I did. I had a great time. Thank you for making me think about souffle made of skin. Well, yes, you're welcome. Because, you know, if you cook a souffle a certain way, that top part is like skin. Yeah. Oh, I'm never going to have a souffle <laughs> ever again now. Bruce, you've ruined it for me. You, you've, you've done the Bruce way. I did do the Bruce way, which means every time I do the Bruce way, I ruin a podcast. I don't think we can even be ruined, can we, Suzanne? 
No. We, we, we're at bottom of the barrel. It's all right. Well, that's why I felt it was safe to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> the only way is up for it. Isn't that right, Bruce? That's right. There's no way but up after this one. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? in and around the podcasting world. And, oh, there. Okay, good. And, um, <laughs> you know, in real life, if they want to come at your door. No, we don't want that to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on a podcast called Positively Track, as I mentioned earlier, and that's with Dan Gunther. And I think the show's pretty unique. Well, it's not that unique, but I think it's somewhat unique because... Uh, we do an episode every Tuesday that's just a regular Star Trek discussion about news and guests and topics, whatever whatever we want to talk about. And then on Mondays, we do reviews of new Star Trek episodes from Discovery, Lower Decks, Picard, whatever thing is new out at the time. So if there's not a new episode, there's not a podcast on Mondays. And then on fr- every other Friday, we have book reviews. And that's probably the more unique part because I don't know many podcasts out there that cover Star Trek news episodes and books and comics. So it's kind of like that. So there's some weeks we have three episodes, which is crazy. Your editing time must be like screwed. We split it up and and we don't, the episodes typically are from anywhere from a half hour to an hour. So oh, yeah. they're not usually too long. So, but yeah, oh, I'm also do, I also do a podcast occasionally called the Star Wars Report, and uh, we talk about Star Wars on there, <laughs> if you didn't guess from the title. No way. <laughs> yeah, way. I was expecting Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big surprise to the listeners when they hear Stargate instead of Star Wars on the Star Wars Report. <laughs> And I'm on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral with the underline than Rex. So, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me on. I want to come back again sometime. Choose your episode. Name the episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. It's like, not until season seven. (laughs) Hopefully you'll get rid of them by then. That's what he's thinking, Susan. Are you guys going to be doing this that long? Oh, I think we've committed. All right. Well, we were originally doing a Janeway every other episode, then we realized it would probably take us until I'm like 48 to do. We'd be, I'd be in my next emanation by then. (laughs) Okay. So thank you for tuning in to us, everyone. We really appreciate all of you listening to us talk about Voyager. We would love it if you'd also subscribe and gave us all of the stars and leave a review. It is fun when I wake up in the morning at 6 a.m. It's the first thing I actually look at to see if anyone's reviewed us. So if you're going to leave a positive review, please do. If you're going to leave a negative review, I probably won't be awake enough to read it. So whatever. (laughs) Suzanne, where can we find you online and elsewhere? Elsewhere on the Hollow Sweet Media Network, you can find me doing Boldly Go with my friend Brandy Jackala. Eventually, we'll get another episode out. We're still waiting for for Strange New Worlds to go into production, which I believe is going to happen sometime in February. And then you can find me on Twitter at KJaneway8 or Stained Sass. Yeah, everyone needs to look at that (laughs) because that's good. 
And Liam, where can we find you around the network and online? You can find me elsewhere on the network on Vedic Assembly, our Deep Space Nine podcast, and on Twitter at LS74656. Just remember to follow us on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and on Facebook in our listeners group, The Nexus. Until next time, remember to keep doing things not the right way, not the wrong way, but the Jane way. Now, before I put on some closing music, I just wanted to say something important to me. In between recording this episode and editing it, one of the most important people in my life, my nan, passed away from a short battle with leukemia in the UK. This episode of Voyager has now taken on a whole different meaning to me, and I just want to say that Nan, I will miss you as you wend your merry way, as you would say, off to be with Grandad in the next emanation, after all these years of being apart. The light's so much brighter there, you can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, so go downtown, where all the lights are bright. show is brought to you by Hollow Sweet Media. Computer, list other available Hollow Sweet Media programs. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview program for The Janeway, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. It's a right way, but I didn't understand why she did it because that's never stopped her before. <laughs> Just like comes in like a bullet in a china shop. Hello everyone. <laughs> Stop your war. I'm here. <laughs> I have a problem. I need help. So forget your problems. <laughs> it's all about me. Thanks. My name's Captain Catherine Jane. USS <laughs> USS Voyager. Problem solver. And problem creator. <laughs> Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Vedic Assembly, a Deep Space Nine podcast. Okay, now I have a theory about this. Mm -hmm. In, just, this episode is called Investigations. Yes. Yes, just just bear no, with me. Indiscretions. Uh, Sorry, that was Indiscretions, yes. Yeah. Here's why I think he didn't kill Zial. It had nothing to do with him actually loving her. I don't think he is capable mm. of love. It has everything to do with him wanting to get in Kira's pants. Loading Hollow Sweet Preview Program for The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. We've talked previously about gratuitous. Yeah. You know, just showing off Jolene Bledock's bits and pieces, really, for no reason. That is one of them, isn't it? Mm hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I'm a male, so that stuff is, at least at this time, was mostly targeted at me. Mm hmm. And I'm not going to say that she has not got an incredible physique, because she, she does. Obviously, she does. But yeah. whenever I see those moments now, I just think, God, oh, so unnecessary. And I feel bad for Jolene. Do you know, like, did she get a choice? Did she mind? If she didn't mind, then I guess who cares? But that was really revealing, that shot through the sheet. It just seemed unnecessary. You didn't need that. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.